I promised myself I was coming through this experience stronger. I vowed to be unwavering with my dedication to mental and physical health after cancer. I envisioned a life of peace and I was reaching for it. My last chemo treatment was right around the corner. The enemy I'd pictured pulling a sneak attack on me was losing. My healthy cell cancer fighters were kicking in the swinging doors like an old Western movie and smoking those cancer cells one by one. They were doing the physical work. The least I could do was the mental Olympics. The unexpected gift of mental fortitude feels like a secret in the breast cancer sisterhood community. Let's vow to one another to accept positive energy only, including from our brains to ourselves. Mm. Drop the mic. It's over with. That's it. End the podcast. She dropped the book. <laughs> drop the mic. We out of here. I didn't want to drop your mic. So I dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't ruin the book. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. This is episode 19. You're here with me, Trey Tipton, and my boy, VC2. What up? Today, man, we got a great episode with one of the most incredible people. You want to tell them who the special yeah, person so is? Yeah, so the Kara Sapida. I think every week the, you say the. The. Because uh, our guest's been hitting, dude. Been hitting, bro. Guest's been coming through. But uh, Kara is a news reporter here in Pittsburgh. Uh, she's a mother. She's a so our first female guest on the show, by the yes, way. So yes. uh, breaking some barriers here. And uh, <laughs> she she's a great first guest because her story is insane. Um, what she's overcome. She just released a book and uh, it's about her journey with breast cancer and, and beating the most deadly form of, of breast cancer and how she did that. So I don't know how you felt about the conversation, but I felt like it was... The conversation was beautiful, man. Like she's, she told a lot of good things. She said a lot of good things, man. And she gave a little nugget here or there about her book and whatnot. And then we also got a nugget here on our end for you guys at the yeah. end so please make sure that you pay attention and at least if you don't watch the whole thing skip to the very end yeah you know i mean <laughs> no, so. don't do that watch the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> the algorithm needs you to watch the whole thing we do need you to watch all of it though you know every like every share counts you yeah. know what i mean and we mean that though for real every yep. like every share counts so again if you can help us in any way we'd greatly appreciate that like share subscribe every which way possible and also check us out on spotify yeah we're on all the podcast apps i did i just realized that we weren't really streaming on all of them and i've been telling everybody we were <laughs> i just thought it like I, I thought it was sending it and i had to like link them so we're on all the podcast apps stitcher come on. itunes come on like podcast apps uh what's amazon music yes. Spotify, and then obviously YouTube. So, right. And I think there's a couple other miscellaneous ones that I'm not sure anybody uses. But if you're listening on one of those, hello. Thank We're you here. for listening. <laughs> um, subscribe. Follow along. Come on. Follow us on Athletic Aesthetic Pod on all social medias. Today's interview is something that you don't have to be a woman. You don't have to be somebody who's uh, fought cancer to relate to the story. It's a story of perseverance, a story of overcoming, and... Um, you know, being in a dark place and coming out on the other side. And I think you and I can both relate to that. 100%. Anybody watching this can. And if you haven't, congratulations, but buckle up because life is coming. <laughs> life happens. Life Not does happen. Life happens fast. And she's definitely a, a survivor, man, more than anything. But she's also a fighter. So get ready for a great story, man. We're about to turn up with a, a beautiful strong intelligent person that's going to show the world that she can do anything but not only that show you that you can do anything so we're looking forward to this podcast and we hope you are too that's it man i'm, I'm excited so Let's we're we are athletic aesthetic you always screw I this do, i do i do every time bro i can't win here bro we are athletic <laughs> aesthetic and we love you holy shit <laughs>
thank you for coming in. Um, it's such a, a pleasure and honor to have met you recently and to have you now here in the studio. And uh, I know Trey's equally excited. I I'm very excited. You, but, very excited. Um, we've been sitting here for a minute now, and um, you know, I feel like we've been like reserved on talking <laughs> because we're so excited. You know, and we want to ask you all these things. But we wanted to make sure that we were actually capturing and it. And I want to ask you guys all these things. So here <laughs> Let, we go. Let's have a good conversation. Right. I think that's what I'm it leads excited. to. I'm excited. So, thank Kara, you for having me. yes, thank you for being here. This is uh, this is incredible. Um, I want to start here with you and uh, just give you a minute to uh, introduce yourself briefly. Um, you know, let them know, you know who you are, what you're about, and uh, you know we'll go into into your story and what you got going on here and okay and all that. All right. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm a little nervous because I'm always doing the interviewing, so this is a first for me. And I am a local TV news reporter. I'm a mom of two. And uh, the day before yesterday, I launched a book um, called Not the Breast Year of My Life about going through breast cancer during a divorce during the pandemic. Mm. And a trifecta of hardships. And so I, I was nervous about launching the book. and. The last time I talked to you guys, uh, about a month ago, you both did not mince your words when you <laughs> said, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Go home and do it. Just hit yeah. launch. And sometimes, you know, somebody needs that feedback um, and that 100%. kind of support. And so I did it. Yeah. I, you, when I asked you to come on this show, uh, you were like, I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not really into sports as much as your guests usually are. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, I'm not really into fashion. And then she shows up, you know, like swag, you yeah, mean? swagged out. Swagged I out. said I am not athletic and I am not fashionable. Yeah. I don't know if you want me on your show. Listen, I I totally understand where you're coming from, but just from like meeting you a couple times now yes. and hearing your story, uh, there's nothing more relatable to athletes than um, you know, going through something and you've been through the most extreme something that you can go through. 100%. And um yeah, I think anybody watching this would be able to relate and uh, learn something from you. So really, again, happy to have you here. I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. You know, when I was thinking about how other people might relate to my book that aren't breast cancer survivors or even women, I think one of the biggest takeaways is how I gain mental fortitude. And I was thinking, how do most people gain mental fortitude, right? And I'm like, well, one common way is if you're an athlete and you set a difficult goal for yourself, you start training and you, 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 if you achieve your goal, you come out of the other side stronger, right? Well, for me, I didn't want this goal. You know, I didn't want to have to have breast cancer to get stronger, but you know, you put one <laughs> step in front of the other yeah, and you come through the other side stronger. Mm. Do I wish that that's the path that I took to become a stronger person mentally and physically? Hell no, right. you know. And um, but you could be bitter about that, or you could just look at it as a blessing. Mm. You could be bitter, or you could be better. And she chose better. Oh. Yes. She chose better. The amount of sound bites that are going to come from this. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, she is a walking viral video. <laughs> I sure. chose better. I love that. That's amazing. Um, so let's let's rewind a little bit and kind of shape you out. Okay. Uh, Growing up, I know you're. Uh, this is the other connection to sports here. You went to Woody High. I did. Okay, what? so like you she went to Woody High, capital of like Pennsylvania. She went to so. W O D Y Woody, Woody High. high. <laughs> yeah. I know this. Okay, bear with me. I'm not a Woody High myself. I'm not. Okay. Okay, but I had 
at a time, my stepbrother, he went to Woody High, and that chant, because they went to the playoffs pretty much every year when we were in high school, you know what I mean? But that chant, they screamed that, like, yeah. at the top of their lungs. W-double-O-D-Y. Woody High. That's how I know it. Sorry, it got a little bit off topic, yeah. but yeah. yeah so what was, what was growing up uh, in Pittsburgh like for you? What did that look like? Yeah, I grew up in Turtle Creek. Um, I loved my time at Woody High, and um, I my graduating class is full of incredible humans that are doing incredible things right now. Um, and so I'm actually reading to, I think it's a group of kindergartners in the Woodland Hill School District coming up next month, and I'm excited to do that. Mm. Um, circling back to this book and why I wrote it, because connecting is everything in life and connecting even now as an adult is hard you know mm. it is hard meeting new people and finding f new friendships um and through my story i've connected with people all over the world and that doesn't happen every day right how lucky am i to find somebody in australia and in the uk saying you know by sharing your words with me I feel more seen, and I didn't realize somebody was going through the exact same thing I was going through, because sometimes it's hard to explain your thoughts and feelings, and I'm happy to be that voice for people, but yeah. Makes sense. I do. <laughs> so other than your book, yeah. what is your favorite other books to read, and or what's your top three? Better question, what's your top three books? Ray, that is a hard <laughs> question. I like hard questions. Me? I'm good at it. so glad you didn't what ask me that. What are you, a journalist? <laughs> um, I read... Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth years ago. It's like this big. And uh, it's incredible. Highly recommend it. Okay. Um, I like mystery novels and suspense novels and stuff mm. that you can escape into to mm. like escape from the real world. Because life is hard enough, you know? Yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Did you have like a core friend group or people that like, what were you in any extracurriculars or... Yeah, I mean, it's I I have the best group of friends from childhood, you know, and we're still friends to this day. Wow. From Woodland Hills, we had our reunion uh, a couple of years ago, and everybody came out, man, because we all loved each other. Mm. We all loved each <laughs> other, and uh, still support each other to this day. And I think that that's why, when the job opportunity came, because I was living in Florida at a TV station down there, for me to work in my hometown you know what, how lucky am I to have this opportunity? Right. Do I stay in this sunshine, <laughs> you know, and land by the water, or do I take a leap of faith and come home to Pittsburgh? And maybe it was the best thing that ever happened to me because the way that Pittsburghers support other Pittsburghers is incredible. It's really different. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's it very different. different. And I, I got a lot of appreciation for what you did. Also, what you did, Vinny, for getting out of Pittsburgh to see how much you appreciated Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Yeah, I didn't appreciate it as much when I was born and raised here. Right. As much as I did when I came back the second time around. I think I definitely took for granted um, the city. And 100%. The people I knew here. and Yeah. Do you think a lot of people feel that way? Because I think a lot of Pittsburghers feel that way. I think yeah. so. I think we're a lot tougher than what people really understand outside of Pittsburgh. Like, in order for you to live in Pittsburgh, you can look outside right now and be like, <laughs> okay, you got to be somewhat strong mentally to be here on a consistent basis. And on top of that, they say that you're either Pittsburgh strong, you're blue collar. That It's not just what you do physically. It's also emotionally. It's mentally, right? Every day that you wake up, you don't know what the weather's going to be like. You deal with bipolar weather, but it shows that you have to be somewhat <laughs> 
strong to get through just being here in the weather. And then on top of that, the people here are also very strong. So when we go other places, it's you could tell the difference. You Pittsburghers, you know, we are a group of people who stems from salt of the earth people. Mm -hmm. Like I can remember when I was younger, my great aunt said to me, when I was younger, we had to brush our teeth a lot because when I sat on my front porch, uh, my teeth would get covered in black soot, you know, from the steel mill down the street. Mm -hmm. Wow, can you imagine having to come back inside to brush your teeth just to go about your day? Now they sell it as charcoal toothpaste. Make right? <laughs> <laughs> money off that. Come on. So we was on to something before anybody was on to Pittsburgh's something. Pittsburgh's a pioneer place. A pioneer. They don't know nothing about that charcoal toothpaste. We got the 1960s. Exactly. Straight from the steel mill. <laughs> from East Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to a home near you. Yeah. Yeah. Right that's near that's you. That's the steel mill is closed down, dude. They're just listen, like, listen, the toothpaste industry, that's where it's at. Okay? I got this big inkling, man. The things are going to change in the world as they already are, but Pittsburgh's going to rise again in some type of way, with either steel again. No, I think it already is, dude. I, I think, think it's it is. technology. I think it's... But I, I think that Pittsburgh is, um, like you said very connected and supportive and i think that as we move more into like an ai future mm -hmm. and internet-based future that human connection is going to be at an all-time importance and if you're ahead if your culture is already you know if you're cultivating that in your city then when people are searching for that we'll be the hub for that you know like the human connection will be the future of 100 percent I think it was like six months ago, Josh Shapiro came to town. He was uh, the attorney general still. He wasn't the governor. And he did this big press conference uh, in Lawrenceville talking about Pittsburgh is the tech capital of the world. And he wants people to know that outside of Pittsburgh and inside of Pittsburgh. Like, do you know what's happening in your backyard? Mm. Some of the most powerful tech yeah. companies on earth or right here in pittsburgh and i was sitting there going that's that's great yeah. that's cool i seen that the other day we actually got rated one of the top most innovative cities yeah. on the come up and then also i looked in terms of natural disasters because you know the world's crazy right <laughs> now i'm like where is like the most safest place <laughs> it is pittsburgh pa is the most safest yes. place in terms of natural disasters so now when i talk to my girl and she's like we want to move i'm like wait <laughs> but, no, we're safe. <laughs> but we're safe yeah. my son's like are we going to get hit with a hurricane? <laughs> I'm like, no, bud. We are not going to get hit with a hurricane. You don't have to. Are we going to get an earthquake, mom? No, we're not. <laughs> so you're right. Yeah. Pittsburgh, we're winning. I think we're I winning. Think so. We're safe here. We might yeah. not have all the people of L.A. and San Diego, but they got to worry about earthquakes. I don't know, though. Did you see that football game in Batman when the stadium was, like, falling apart? See, but that's the like, only we're thing, Gotham man. City, the guess. only thing that can stop that's us is a supervillain. And we got a bunch of superheroes around here <laughs> anyway, stop. so we yeah, ain't worried about that. That was a fake movie, too, so. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this well, is Gotham City. Wow, that's yeah. it. Gotham City. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah, dude. That's why A.J. Burnett's Batman. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Karen. <laughs> Look, I knew you were going to talk about sports. <laughs> She's sitting there like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, what do I yeah. say about AJ Burnett? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's all I know is that they call him Batman and that he told someone to sit the F down and he made t shirts out of it. Anyways, back to you, Kara. Okay. Thank you again for being here. You're and I'm dealing so happy with to us. Be here. Thank you so um, much. We're a lot to handle. I'm sorry. Talk sports. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think it just stemmed from us talking about, you know, you, you were saying your childhood and, you know, we kind of went off on this tangent about whatever. Um, <laughs> But so when did you know that you wanted to be in media, reporting, telling yeah. stories like you are now? 
So, oh, sorry. That's okay. I'm glad it wasn't mine. Um, I'll fire myself. <laughs> I've always wanted to be a news reporter. I started writing stories when I was in second grade. That's when I decided I was going to write a book someday. I never thought it would be like the breast cancer route that took me there, but it's always been in the back of my head. And I just, I love to be a storyteller. I think that everybody has a story. And as soon as I sat down talking to you two, I was like, when are we going to write your book? When are we going to write your book? When are we going to write your book? You know, everybody has a story to tell. And I think that as a reporter, I love asking the questions that gets you to think deeply and say, hey, you know what? I do have a story to tell. I never thought of it that way. Uh, so that's one of my favorite things about being a journalist is, mm. you know, I'm happiest at the end of the day when I have made a difference in terms of telling the world about some incredible human and what they had to share. Um, it's actually a little bit hard for me to be on the other side of that because we're taught as journalists to never put ourselves in the story, to be objective, uh, to remain like that third party. And I take that to heart. I try very hard to be an objective reporter <laughs> who always tell, tells two sides of the story. And in 2023, <laughs> you better be that way or you will get called out on it. And so I'm happy to like lead the charge there. I'm going to continue to be you know, an upstanding journalist. But a part of that is like telling myself, okay, but just this one time, you're going to have to like let people ask you questions. And that is very hard. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that for sure. It makes you uncomfortable at times when you get asked deep questions and being on the opposite side of things when playing sports, man, we both understand that. Like when that news reporter puts the, the <laughs> microphone in your face, hold on, let me think about the answer. Okay, got it. There we go. You know what I mean? You have a story about that, right? <sighs> I got a couple of stories about news reporters, but we ain't going to get into them. Okay. We ain't going to get into them. I'm going to let some people survive in Pittsburgh. I ain't going to say too much. You are full of grace. That is very nice of you. Everybody deserves grace, man. And at the same time, I wanted to ask you this, this major question. So you love stories, which led you into writing your own story. And your story is incredible. And I want to thank you for sharing your story because I know that's very hard for anybody, right? So as you're going through and you're, you're asking people about the things they're going through and you're reading these people... What is your favorite thing about learning new stories? You know, there are more than one way. There's more than one way to learn about the world. You could read a thousand books, but if you aren't out there meeting people, you'll never have a depth of understanding of outside of your circle. Like oftentimes when I'm out in the middle of nowhere talking to people who have unique stories to tell, I think I would have never met this person in a million years if it wasn't for this job. And so I am grateful for that opportunity. Every walk of life, every age, you know, every obstacle that somebody has faced, I have met them along the way. Unfortunately, I meet a lot of people on their darkest day, on their worst day of their life, but that means I've seen a lot of perseverance. Mm. And, you know, when, when I, after I was diagnosed, a, a friend of mine started to go fund me. I didn't know they were doing. And by the time I looked at it, um, it, it had taken off. And some, I, I noticed all of these comments from people uh, that I interviewed years ago. And they mentioned how on their worst day, I came into their life and uh, they remember the way I made them feel and the way I treated them. And I hadn't really cried, you know, in the weeks leading up to that moment. And I, I just, 
lost it because I thought, I'm so glad that, that they felt that I had good intentions mm. and that, you know, they could trust me with their story T to the extreme, you know, to the, to the, how do I want to say that? My, no, my nose is rushing. <laughs> Don't air that. <laughs> we'll cut that out. Don't worry. We had to we had to take Brian's nose out. He yeah, was sniffling too. Yeah. Like, you don't think this is gonna be good for your viewers? I don't know. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't ask me to crop it out, I'd probably just keep it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna crop. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold on to this though. Um, you could shoot it if you want to say. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> um, you almost made it. Did I? Yeah, it's right there. Where were I we? I was so close. I was just gonna say, you know. The fact that people went out of their way to, to right. take a moment out of their life to say something nice about me after they hadn't seen me in years is a testament to uh, it being worth it, the energy that I put into making people feel safe and that I was going to not exploit them um, and do my very best to help them because it is it is it is hard. People, journalists at this time are really getting a tough rap. You know, maybe it's the fake news. I don't know what it is, but it is very hard to be a reporter in 2023. And yeah. I, I've always hoped to change that narrative, you know, one interview at a time. Right. Yeah. I think you're doing that. I really do think you're doing that because you're sharing your story, right? So that's letting people actually get connected to who you are, not just on TV, but who you are as a person. You know what I mean? And that story is going to save a lot of lives. It's already doing so. Because from what I hear, people aren't just buying one book at a time. They're buying two books at a time. <laughs> so that's huge, man. And yeah. that's something that, hey, if you're doing stuff like that, that means people are listening and they're paying attention, right? And I, I'm a big believer everybody has a story, but it's about who's listening. So with that said, right, you had to share your book. You had no choice. I love that perspective because I asked myself in the very beginning, like, why did God give a journalist breast cancer if I'm not meant to tell my story? Mm. So pretty early on, I started writing it. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm going to get it out there. And it doesn't mean that people are going to receive it. And the fact that people are buying two books, which is funny <laughs> that you noticed that, um, oh gosh, that just means the world to me because it means that God is letting me use my voice for mm. this exact purpose. What more can I ask for to come through that hardship with this opportunity? Because mm -hmm. mm. it would have been very easy to just close the door on breast cancer and walk away. Mm. I came super close to that. Mm. You you kicked the spot, man. What what? Um, I guess yeah. You so you you're saying you came super close to just being done with cancer and just moving on with your life and not sharing the story and not telling that. So what do you think it was that made you go the route of telling the story? So I was sitting on it for a while. Um, I think that I think that I realized um, that so many women were reaching out with the exact same questions. And I noticed I had asked those same questions early on too. The questions I was asking, people were now asking me. So I became um, that resource. And I'm, I thought, gosh, if I just put this book into the world, a lot of these women could have the questions answered uh, from a friend who's been through it before. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it was just cathartic. Like it was a, it was part of my own healing to get it all down on paper. And I guess by helping somebody else, maybe this 
horrific journey will have been worthwhile. Yeah. Because it was horrific. And I just think that if I can change the narrative on breast cancer in general and let people know that it is ugly, it is not pink ribbons, mm. you know, stop glamorizing this. Mm -hmm. It is stealing our friends and our wives and mm. our mothers. It's not glamorous. Stop buying yeah. pink shit. <laughs> you know? I, you know, I think so. When my, I lost my, my grandmother to breast cancer. I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, I was three years old, um, and I'm it, sorry. Thank you. And you know, it, it's one of those things that, like, I I knew her briefly, like in my yeah. like actual memories. I know her more so of like what people told me, and then later down the line, I, I lost my dad to colon cancer, um, and then uh, my grandfather on my mom's side just uh, went on under surgery last week for. Uh, colon cancer as well. And I lost my dad's dad to lung cancer. Wow. So cancer has ravaged my family and it's a constant scare for me um, because I'm always, it, it just feels like it's always around the, the corner. And I feel like I live my life that way um, with like a clock. I don't know if that's healthy. Yeah, it's um, not. It's not, but it's, it's, it's hard to ignore it when you see it all around you. Um, but to see you sitting here uh, on the other side of that is so encouraging for me. Uh, and so mm -hmm. that's, uh, I just want you to know that for me personally, like hearing your, your story and getting to know you, it isn't just a cool story for me. It's very personal. And, and I, I don't mean to make this about me at all. Like you said, a professional journalist should not do that. And I'm doing that right now. <laughs> no, but like, you're great. I just wanted to let you know, like, like I'm, I'm honored that I know you and that to see what this is going to do for people, it's going to be crazy. Well, I'm so sorry for how it has ravaged your world, but that goes to speak to like cancer is a thief is what it is. And if I can humanize it and have people see it as like from the perspective of a mom trying to raise her children, trying to like live life while this beast is like trying to take you down. That's how it is for family after family. And I think that it's just difficult to talk about. Yeah, there's like a million cancer books out there. I get it. But if we don't humanize it and show the real toll that it is taking on people in 2023 and figure out a way to speak to it, to fund research for it um yeah we're not moving forward in the right direction mm -hmm. and i don't want anybody to capitalize off of cancer that is critical yeah like if you know how it's affected your family and you leave this interview and think you know what i'm not gonna really buy anything cancer related ever again because mm -hmm. some business yeah. owner is making money and it is doing nothing to make me safer my parents safer, yep. my neighbor safer. You know, the reason I brought that up about my grandma was because in college, that was when the whole like pink mm -hmm. was like a very new thing. Like 2009 to 2012 was when I was in college uh, playing football. And so I was always decked out in the pink and everyone's like, why? And I was like, ah, my gram passed away. And they're like, well, where does the money go? And I'm like, I really started to think about it. And I'm like, I have no idea. Like I just pay the extra $10 because it's pink. I don't know where that goes. And so, yeah, it's, it's one of those things, like you said, I think we like kind of make it glamorous when it's, you know, it's, it's the furthest thing from that. Yeah. Um, and that's the beautiful yeah. thing about your book and what you said as well, man, your book shows choice, right? And everything that we do, and especially when something happens to us, we have choices to make, right? You could be the victim or you could be the fighter. 
and there's two choices. You pick one, and the victim typically loses. Reason being is because that victim decides that this is going to take control over me, so I'm going to let it take control. But that fighter has to stand on her two feet and gets punched a little bit, gets beat up a little bit, and then you see Rocky Balboa keep getting up. (laughs) Get back up again. And you like, okay, well, it's time to get back on up again, right? Yes. So that's why I love your book and what you're doing is because it shows choice. You chose to be a fighter when you could have been a victim, right? You could have been another statistic. You could have been, but you're not. So I was when I was thinking about how to explain this book to people, I, I started thinking it feels like a love letter to my kids. And I know that mm. that's not how you should be promoting a book, but they were everything through treatment for me. The world was shut down. My ex-husband was gone. Nobody could come and visit me because it was COVID times. And like the fear of getting COVID on a chemo immune compromised system was just terrifying. And so I was home with my kids. And what a blessing, first of all, to have that uninterrupted time with them Uh, because when you go through chemo you have strong days too you're not just sick all the time so you're sick and I try to make make sure women know you get back up again and then you get stronger until your next treatment Um, and these kids and I just cuddled and played games Mm. and cooked like we made the most of this time together Um, and and to have a two and a four-year-old so empathetic and kind that they would know on the days that I wasn't well that we could just cuddle in bed they didn't complain they didn't you know cry about it we would just eat our meals in bed can you you imagine that like how lucky was I to go through that and so now three years later on Sunday I launched the book into the world I was very nervous very nervous for how it would be received you know like fly or flop right just like that famous saying like oh but what, what, what might happen? You know, but what could happen? Like, what if you fly? So I launch it into the world. I don't know what's going to happen. I walk away from my phone for a little bit, come back to my phone, and it's like, your book is the number one new release. I'm like, what? In breast cancer. A couple more hours go by, and it's like, your book is the number one book in breast cancer. I'm like, what? <laughs> Mind blown, super emotional, couldn't believe it. And then my ex-husband brings the kids back that night. And so I was very excited to have them back with me and so I could tell them, you know, the big news. And I said, uh, guys, I have news to tell you. Mommy's book is the number one breast cancer book on Amazon. Mm. And my son jumps into my <laughs> arms and he holds me so tight and he doesn't say anything for a minute. And then he goes, you did it. And I, I'm crying. My ex-husband's crying. We're all crying. And I thought to myself, if I wake up tomorrow and I'm no longer a bestseller, I am fine because it does not get any better than this moment. My son, who was, you know, with me through this whole experience and he remembers it all, is proud of me. Mm. And God bless my daughter. Thank God she doesn't remember it all. It's a blessing that she was only two. You know, we make jokes about mommy being bald. Mommy looked like a beautiful hamster, (laughs) she told me. Wow. (laughs) She said that? Kids are ruthless, you know? I I gotta admit, kids don't care about nothing. Kids are ruthless. They will humble you very quickly. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, um, like just to, to look at them every day and, and just know that, uh, you know, you persevering through that, like the life lessons they're learning at such a young age, watching you navigate, they may not, I mean, they definitely don't fully understand it yet, but when they, you know, grow up and not only just read your book, but, um, you know, just see the legacy that, that you have left behind, 
Um, you know, one thing that I, I don't know if it, where I heard this the first time, but it's just the concept that, um, you know, people don't really care what you accomplish. They just care about how you make them feel. Yes. And um, that's what they remember about you. So, you know, the fact that you let them see you go through that and, um, you know, they were a pivotal role in that. I think that that's something they'll hold on to forever. And you guys are going to have a beautiful, you know, friendship once they grow mm. up because, you know, kids are only kids for a few years and then they're adults and you got to live with them the rest of your life. So seriously, you know, see, sometimes I think parents forget that, that, you know, these will become adults that I have to have friendships with as well. So um, I, I want to talk also just about the book specifically. Okay. Um, you know, where in the book when you're writing it, do you start to feel like this is not only for other people, this is for me? Um, that's a great, great question. question. I thought you were going to ask something Thanks. else. Look at you guys mm, catching me off guard. I thought you were going to ask me if it's for other people. And I was going to say mm. it is for people who experience hardship. And I have learned since publishing the book in just like one day how many people experience layers of hardship. Mm. How many, how many of us are going through one of life's most difficult challenges while going through another hardship? Nobody really talks about that. I got a phone call yesterday from a woman who, you know, said that your book speak to me because I went, I was let go from my job the week that my husband moved out and the week that my mother who had Alzheimer's didn't recognize me for the first time. Mm. She got goosebumps. Right? Mm. That's a lot. And I went through breast cancer while going through a separation during a global during a global pandemic. And so what I hope to do is to help people reframe hardship, right? So for me, if I hadn't been going through that separation, I wouldn't have joined a gym. If I hadn't joined a gym, I wouldn't have pulled muscles. If I hadn't pulled those muscles, I wouldn't have needed to stretch that morning and I found a lump that was the most aggressive form of breast cancer there is. How many days or weeks or even months would have passed before I found it? So instead of like saying, oh man, why does life have to kick me when I'm down? I would like to look at it from if life didn't kick me when I was down, I might not have ever found this lump early enough. Mm. And if we can all do that with our hardships, maybe that's how we find resilience. Mm. That's amazing. That's beautiful. <laughs> that perspective is just different. Oh man. God's Ooh. talking right now. <laughs> I'm over here just listening. That's, yeah. that's a beautiful thing, man. I can't even lie. We, yesterday I wrote a quote and it said, uh, the quote was, adversity, right, just needs time to be watered with patience, hard work, and perseverance, right, to grow into opportunity. Yes. And that's something that, as you said that, it spoke to me because you did just that. Like, maybe that's why God put you on this earth to begin with. Like, you had to battle something that most people would quit, and now you're best-selling book for breast cancer. Come on, walk that walk and talk that talk. <laughs> You're killing it right now. That's a that's an extreme blessing, man. And I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, it's like so many people are going to hear this, right? And they're going to be like, okay, it's time to get back to it. Mm -hmm. So if you don't mind me calling you, I'm going to call you Balboa from now on. Instead of, instead of <laughs> Carol, it's just Balboa because she keep getting on up and keep pushing forward. I like yeah. it, man. And I'll take that nickname. You can call me that. I'll be the I'll only, me and him will be the only two that ever call you that. They'll be like, why they call you why Balboa? It's an inside thing. Yeah. It's, a, it's a team thing. You We're not know. telling you. 
So an actual question as far as the logistics of writing a book that I had for you. Yeah. Around being a single mom with two kids and working, yeah. when do you do this? What does that look like? So I was waking up at 5 a.m. every day. Naturally, I wasn't even setting an alarm. Talk about the power of mm -hmm. the mind to mm. like, if I'm going to get this done, I got to find time to do it. Now, does my lawn need mode? Yes. But is my book getting written? Also, yes. So <laughs> I just made, I made time for it. I would make my coffee. I would sit and I would write. And also, you know, the kids, when they would wake up, if I was still writing, again, they would just get in bed with me, let me finish writing. Um, they were really along for the ride every step of it. Some um, good kids, man. That's some really good kids. I hope I have good kids like that. You're going to have good kids because they're going to be like you. They're going to be like what you. Was, what was your go-to, like, um, like, rough day? We don't feel like cooking. Oh, yeah, like, let's what's your, where are you? Where are you getting takeout from? On the, or, like, do, what's your freezer food? I'm a big fan of Thai iced tea, so I get what you have. I respect what, that. What's your, what's your order? Pad Thai. Mm. Thai iced tea. What spice level? I'm like a 3-4. Really? Three, four. I, I thought bigger of you. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Man. I like spicy, but I don't want to be so spicy. My eyes start watering. Yeah, my ears start tingling because certain Thai food get deep. Yeah, yeah. And you for get me, deep I'm okay. I can eat Thai, but like for me, it's the next day where I'm like, dang. I shouldn't have done that. Done that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, when, I was, when I was in my 20s, I went out on a date with a guy and we got Thai food. And he, he, he ordered like a, a Thai 10, which I don't know if you know, like a Thai 10 is like stronger than a 10. I was like, oh, okay. Guess he loves. I guess he loves spice, and he had sweat just dripping into, <laughs> his, into his meal. It was. I was like, this man was trying to impress this, you. This is like the world's first <laughs> ick back in the day. I was like, I can't get past this. Kyoto trying to poke his chest out, sweating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you doing, no, I girl? Got this. Just, I got it. It's all good. <laughs> See, and that's why I'm not going past three four. Because three four, I'm just spicy enough <laughs> that I can still go on a date and be cool. I'm not yeah. sweating armpits all crazy. You feel yeah. me? So I'm a three four. I can hit a five on occasion, but if I go five, anything past that, I need a water, Thai iced tea, maybe a couple Capri Suns, and then I'm good. The date was ruined. So ruined. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> can only imagine. Ten. Yeah. A, a tie 10? A tie 10 is hard. That is difficult. That's craziness. That is, any video game, that's level legendary. That's not even expert. Like, that's difficult. Yeah. The people cooking that stuff are like, this guy. <laughs> this <guy's> <laughs> what is he thinking? <laughs> yeah. You know, the guys in the back are like, okay, we'll show you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh, you want a 10? Yeah. <laughs> we uh -huh. got you. Yeah. Little salt bay. And you know, they're watching, like, from the back. Like, let's see how he handles this. For sure. Oh, man. Yeah. And he definitely, if they'd have had YouTube or TikTok, Oh, that man was on TikTok sweating, just yeah. slow motion. <laughs> Have you guys ever done the one chip challenge? No. So, okay, my friend, I'm we're so sidetracking. That's my fault. It's oh, always it's my fault. I love it. Keep going, great. keep going. My friend Ely's like, Trey, you gotta try this. Now, this is the same dude who got me convinced. He was like, eat this habanero with the <laughs> seeds in it. This is brotherhood <laughs> for life. In my head, I'm like, okay, let's have this brotherhood for life. <laughs> Man, I ate this habanero pepper, bro. I drank almost life a full was short gallon. After that. Bro, I'd rather not have any like, friends. I don't know if we're gonna ever be friends again. I don't know if we can be friends. I started crying. My my mouth was hurting. And then you try to drink milk, and mind you, you know how I'm from the I'm from a different place. So for me, man, you know how you do the water faucet and you turn yeah. it on. Well, I'm like gulping gallons of water, and I'm still not satisfied. Like I'm hurting. So then he's like, bro, this is almost worse than the habanero challenge. Try the chip. I'm like, you know what? My health insurance ain't together, man. My mom, <laughs> I just don't think this is something I should do, man. The way do, my man. bank account is set up. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, man. So I didn't do it. Bottom line is I didn't do it. Yeah. So did you try the chip challenge? So I didn't. I had a. Co- I bought two of the one chips. One for my coworker who does the Thai ten, and one for my ex husband because I'm a giver like that. Respectfully. <laughs> Thank you. Respectfully. And so my coworker. She oh. gives pain. <laughs> 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 That's what she said. She gives pain. My That's coworkers all came over, and my and my coworker who, uh, his name is Juice. He is fantastic with spicy food. Like he's always like putting the hot sauce on stuff. So he did great. He, he handled it really well. And I told my ex husband how great Juice handled it. And then I gave him his chip to try last summer. And we all sat out on the patio, and my kids were like cheering for him. And he really like entered it with a lot of swagger. I will tell you that. Hmm. Um, and <laughs> quickly. Very quickly, he was panicking and he was like, <laughs> you know, involuntary tears just come in and uh, he ran into the house and he was dumping milk like it was com- it was everywhere. And um, I recorded it. We get along well, we get along well. But I, in that moment, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Now the name Balboa is starting to fit so <laughs> much more because now yeah. she actually gets up and brings you pain, yeah. bro. Like that is, <laughs> she's mm-hmm. kicking butt over here, bro. Yeah. Work smarter, not harder. hundred percent. Love that. You got to do the chip. Maybe we do that on the next podcast, the chip nope. challenge. Do it. That's a great idea. Yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> <laughs> As the guest, you know, and like, yeah, well, we're welcoming you back for a second episode. That's the type yeah. of spice level that hits your heart. Like you, you yeah. eat it and you're like, you feel like your whole heart and everything from your sternum is on fire. Yeah, they say it's like hard to breathe. And oh, yeah. I'm not doing that. All right. You scared? Yeah, terrified. Okay, That's hey. a reasonable fear, I think. I can't blame you because I'm scared too. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Well, I don't know how we got down this path, but um, I love it. And I love just hanging out with you. Yeah, thanks. Um, I I think, you know, your story is so insane. And there's no way we capture all of it on a 45-minute podcast episode. So if anything, I want people to get your book. And I want them to read it. And you said Amazon is the place to find it? Yeah. So right now it's on Amazon, the ebook and the paperback. And I think it will be available on other booksellers like Barnes and Noble. Um, the process of publishing is very dif- self-publishing. It's very difficult. So I have all that set up, but uh, I can't quite figure it out yet. To be honest with you, this is one of those things where like the book publishing world is very like inclusive and mm. it, 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 exclusive. It's it's very like I'm like hey, how do I do this? And everybody's right. like, oh. You'll mm-hmm. figure it out. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, um, I'm going to try my best. So right now it's just on Amazon. Um, and I think that I, I hope that, I hope that people, I, I hope there's a lot of different takeaways from the book. One of the like things that I don't talk about a lot that I hope people take away from it is um, that you don't always have to put on a brave face. Mm. I was thinking about that this morning. I did an interview, the only other interview I've ever done, really, other than sitting with you guys here today, and my station interviewed me yesterday, but a year ago I did one. and In your house, right? Yeah, and, and it's very difficult to watch this, you know, seeing me very, very sick, bald-headed, swollen, like, I don't know if people realize chemo, like, swells you up like mm-hmm. a blowfish. Um, and I put myself out there because I kept saying, like, I'm going to put myself out here if, if it gets one woman to take time and call and schedule a mammogram. But I put on a brave face. And when I look at it, all I see is pain in my mm. eyes. Mm. And I think that 
I hope people realize that you can be vulnerable and you don't have to put on a brave face all the time. And you can be unapologetically angry and sad about what hardship you're going through. Mm. And then people can help you, you know, cause a lot of people don't know how to help. A lot of people don't know what to do. And I'm like, yeah, don't, don't buy any of the tchotchkes <laughs> for sure. But like let people know how they can help. And you can't do that if you're always putting on a brave face, you know, it's okay man, woman, cancer, not cancer, to say, you know, this sucks. I'm in the thick of it. Mm. I'm not going to just smile today, you know, which is yeah. what I was doing for a long time. Sure. Do you mind if I ask this question? It's a simple question. Um, at what point did you say, you know what, enough's enough. It's time to fight back. Um, during treatment? Oh, that's great. Um I was in a really dark place in the very beginning. Um, I, I, I tried not to complain. I was pretty dead set on pushing through and not letting it define me as it was currently defining me. Now I'm, I'm great with saying that this, despite writing this book and telling everybody about it, it still doesn't define me. I am a mother, I am a journalist, I am a friend, I am a storyteller, I am not just a breast cancer survivor. But in the moment, it was my world, and I was fighting breast cancer, and I still didn't want it to define me, you know? I was like, I am gonna rise above this. I will keep getting back up. And chemo kept knocking me down, but then on the days that I felt strong, that's when I would write about the experience. That would help me get through to the next week. I I felt like I was finding purpose through the pain. And because that clicked for me, I was like, okay, this is my purpose. So I'll be sick for a few days. And then I will take the strength that I'm going to get on those good days and run with it. Mm. That's amazing. You forgot one other thing you are. What is it? You're a superhero. Don't forget that. I'm not that. a superhero. Uh, you got to be because I'm, I'm pretty sure your seven-year-old child and your five-year-old child can now get through a lot of adverse situations going forward as they get older because of the hero that they watch going through it. So I would say superheroes You're also on that resume. Would you agree? Drop the song. Dro drop it. Mm. Tell me, too. Mm. Mm. Hero. <laughs> Make sure you put that in right there. You got me, my dude, my dude. Because you deserve that. You definitely deserve that. And there's a couple times in this we got to give her a round of applause. Yeah. You know what I mean? The claps. Yeah, we, we got to set up the soundboard for that. So We'll get it. We we'll, get it. we'll get it. I don't think I'm a superhero, but I do believe in that concept that you are only as strong as you find out you have to be. Mm. And I think I just rose to that. Mm. that challenge like all right i need to be strong i'm gonna be strong mm. and when i wasn't strong physically i made sure i was still strong mentally and i think as women we often play small and we often try to be nice and i was like you know when i come through this i'm gonna be less nice i'm gonna be just as kind but i'm not gonna live my life playing it small mm. Say that one more time for the girls in the back. <laughs> yeah. I think the girls in the back need to hear that. Say that out loud. No, there's a lot of guys that need to hear you know that, too. I mean? like, there's a lot of guys that be like, hey, she ain't playing nice. You better back back. <laughs> yeah. She giving out deadly chips and everything in between, mm. man. Get ready. Well, hey, think. Uh, speaking of transition, pro-transition right here. Oh, do it again. Pass it back. Because you oh, are the pro. Oh, 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 oh
Oh, and she took it in. There it is. All right, so this one, I don't even know if I shared this with you yet. I was talking to Brian. Uh-oh. Okay. okay. My buddy B. Hess. <laughs> yeah. And so we want to help get your book out. So we're going to buy 50 copies. Let's and go. we're going to give them away to people that watch this episode. So uh, we're going to figure out, I'll put a link in the description under this video, whether you're listening on Spotify or whatever platform, or if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and the first 50 people to claim the book, we'll ship them out. And maybe you can come hang out with us and sign them or something. I don't want to volunteer you to do that, but maybe <laughs> I'll sign it for you. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're going we're gonna to try to get your book out as much as we can from our little production here in Pittsburgh. And, um, that means a lot to me. For sure. for sure. Thank you so much. You guys are just always giving back. That's what I'm saying. I, you, you exude good energy. So I see why good energy is like boomeranging back to you guys. Appreciate well, thank that. You. Thank awesome. you. Yeah. Hopefully, that is hopefully it lands in, uh, in the hands of someone that really needs it. Yeah. I know somebody who so needs it. So if you're it. watching this really? right now and, and you got someone who's battling um, breast cancer, any kind of cancer, going through some sort of life adversity. Man or female. All you got to do is click the link. It's going to be totally free to you. So just uh, do it. Mm, click that link. Brian said he read you guys. Um, what part? I did maybe like the, the, the email to my you know, mm -hmm. the emails. I was getting choked up. I had to look away for a second. I said, get your stuff together, Trey. You're good. <laughs> you got this. It's a very beautiful email. Very beautiful emails. You know, that was an afterthought, adding those. That was not in the original version a year ago, but I thought this really sums it all up. You know, the, the, the night I was diagnosed, I emailed my kids, and the last day of my treatment, I emailed mm. my kids, and so I just pasted it. There's like, I don't think you'll find like a grammar mistake in my book because I'm a stickler, but there are some in the emails, but I just wanted it to be real. So they're the exact emails that I sent to my kids those days. Mm. So you mean these you people got to get that book. That's in the book, right? Those emails, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so you book. heard it. Get that book. <laughs> yeah. Stop playing. Yeah. Someone in your life needs that book. I'm telling you right now. Um, so identify them. Maybe it's you and get the book for them. We got, we got you. Thank Is there you. anything that you wanted to share or promote or, I mean, obviously other than the book. Give us like a quote to go out on that you like. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. Yeah. Like a good quote you to go yeah, out on. Is there on. something you want to share maybe from the book? whole chapter called mental fortitude uh-oh there's got to be something great in there let's see what's <laughs> in here you would think that i could read you guys some okay i'll read you something from mental fortitude since we talked so much about that earlier tune, okay. tune in and listen tune in and listen okay here we go each hellish okay hellish is a hard word guys each hellish week that i suffered through physically was followed up by a week of building back strength and mental fortitude to do it again. Unlike yoga, I didn't have years to work on this. I had to catapult myself here mentally in a short amount of time. I wasn't just enduring the prison sentence that was my life on lockdown during chemo or tolerating it. I was gaining tools to apply to the rest of my life. The overcoming adversity... The over... Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Run it no, back. No, 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 we can no, cut it. We can cut it. Don't no, worry. Yeah, leave that. That's Anthony's job. He leave good. He ready care. to go over there. <laughs> The overcoming adversity tool isn't something you're born with or would eagerly sign up for, but it was tossed into my lap like a gift. I promised myself I was coming through this experience stronger. I vowed to be unwavering with my dedication to mental and physical health after cancer. I envisioned a life of peace, and I was reaching for it. 
My last chemo treatment was right around the corner. The enemy I'd pictured pulling a sneak attack on me was losing. My healthy cell cancer fighters were kicking in the swinging doors like an old Western movie and smoking those cancer cells one by one. They were doing the physical work. The least I could do was the mental Olympics. The unexpected gift of mental fortitude feels like a secret in the breast cancer sisterhood community. Let's vow to one another to accept positive energy only, including from our brains to ourselves. Mm. Drop the mic. It's over with. It. End the podcast. She dropped the book. Drop the mic. We out of here. Drop your mic. So I the mic. <laughs> you please don't ruin the book. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Yeah. We can get we can get the right guy. Get another mic. Right. Brian, we need some new mics. We're gonna take care of this mic. No, that was that beautiful. Was incredible. Um, I'm so happy that you came in. Uh, you know, I want to definitely. This won't be the last time we talk, whether it's on our show here or uh, in some form, but. Um, yeah, this this was great. So thank you for sharing. Thank you for your book. Thank you for, you know, wanting to change people's lives that even, you know, people that you've never met before. And Well, thank you guys for caring enough. I That means a lot to me. And your story is definitely going to help a lot of people, and we just want to be a part of that. That's why we're doing what we're doing, and as much as we can help, I'm thankful to be a part of that too. So however right. else we can help, let us know. I hit my Trey Tipton soundbite 100%. <laughs> Say less. Next Say time, less. I'm interviewing you guys. Hey, I'm hey. with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. Oh, you got a win right there. Yeah, good job. This is like Thank my you. brother, and Thank I just you. met him. It's crazy. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for watching, guys.